right here as Katsuri gets to Nisna. Makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back to Nekdi. Nekdi past the shot. They score! Oscar Lindblom buries it! And the power play goal ties this game in two! This is episode 68 of the Liberty O. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? I'm, I'm doing good because I'm happy to get the season started and the team looks good. But today in particular, little little doom and gloom. Yeah, definitely not a fun day for people who thought Morgan Frost was going to be on this team, huh? It's just, a, honestly, it's confusion more than anything. It's um, perplexed. I'm, I'm just waiting for the press conference to get some clarity on the situation before I jump to any conclusions like some people have already done. See, that's the big thing, and we talked about it before we hit record. We really don't know the true reason. I mean, we're all sitting here on Twitter giving our reasons to why Frost got sent down. I mean, and there's a lot of ways that you could go with it, but the matter of the fact is that we don't know the actual reason of what they're thinking. So, yeah, it sucks because we really can't sit here and get into it, but we can sit here and give the reason why we think he got sent down and why other people are still up, like Jackson Cates and Gout Wilson is still here. Gout Wilson, just to remind you, Danny, can't make this team right now because he's only on a one-way contract. So they would have to sign him to an NHL deal, and then he would have, and then and then he can make the team. So we would have to use up our roster spot to sign him. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure why he's still here. But um, yeah, the whole Frost situation is kind of weird because I really wish we got like a press conference right after because I really would love to hear why. Chuck and AV think that it's better. They have to know that this is a big move. Like, they have to know that this has caused some, like, a lot of question marks. They have to know that. I mean, of course. You just sent the number one prospect. Everyone, a lot of people are, like, on Twitter looking for I mean, he's a, he, he's a number one prospect. A lot of people like him. So, yeah, I mean, of course they knew that they were going to get that kind of reaction sending him down. But, like I said, I really, really wish we could get the reason from them before we hit record tonight. But, I mean, it's already 1040. And we're recording, so couldn't wait any longer to get this in. But it just doesn't make sense to me because, and this is honestly my gripe with AV, or the, the management, I should say, AV, the regime. <laughs> my gripe with them is that they put all their eggs in this basket and have formulated line combinations and have stuck to them with what feels like the entirety of the preseason, except for when Giroux missed that one game, they mixed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they kept the lines the same, and it seemed to be going well. Like, whenever the full roster would play, it was fun. Like, the team was playing well. I had, yeah. no, I had no complaints. Everything was coming. Like, obviously, there's some rust there, but, like, you, we had something there. And for them to just kind of, like, throw a wrench in this now, and, and like, now they're going to completely switch the line combinations up. Yeah, Jeroen might to. go back to center. It's, it's like, why do this and why now? Like, it, was it that bad? Was the Frost ex- ex- experiment that bad? No, it wasn't. That That's the confusing re- part because even the people who aren't that high – as us on Frost or other people, even the people who don't really like him, to be honest with you, could agree with us and with even the media, like even like the big guys like Meltzer and all them, that Frost didn't look bad, didn't didn't go out and nab a spot, don't get me wrong, but he didn't look bad, and he looked really good defensively, and he looked really he was good on the faceoffs, and like Frost said that he really feels like a more complete two-way player now than he ever did and you know Faraby said that in the interview he looks more complete than he ever has so like oh, I just really wish we had an explanation for sure and like going off what you said with now you only have one game left and that's Friday and like 
you said either Drew's going to go to 2C, either Brassard's going to go up to 2C, maybe they throw Lawton up there and run the JVR Lawton Faraby line because that line really did look good last year at times. But either way, either way, lines will have to get changed. So you have one preseason game now to get some chemistry going, and then we're going to go into October 15th with completely different lines with one game. Uh, exactly. Practice, it just doesn't make sense because the linesmen, they were looking good to me. Like that Lindblom, uh, Brassard, Akasin line was great. The first line, as we all know, great. And then, um, I didn't, honestly, I did not think the, the JVR Frost Faraby line was bad. No. Like that's weren't. where my confusion comes. Like, especially in the last game that, uh, Frost played against Boston, he had that quick slot chance that passed to Yandel. Like, there were, and, and there was even times where I saw him finish checks. And I, like, I know I'm a big Frost supporter, but like, I, like that game was not bad. He had a good game on Monday night. Yeah, he, I I personally think Monday night was his best game. I mean, he almost scored, like you said, the physical play. I mean, you texted me. You were like, "Did I just see boards rattling after Frost delivered a hit?" I mean, he, I was there. I mean, he he was really finishing his checks before he got off the ice. It was nice to see. But obviously, Av and Chuck saw something differently than us and other people. Um, I really really want an explanation. Um, but. Looking forward to Frost going into the AHL, probably going to be play. I mean, Lappy said, I don't want to see him, but if I do see him, he's going to be playing all situations with me. So Frost is going to be playing a ton, a ton of minutes, even PK. So he'll be the guy there, he'll probably be on a line with Forrester and Sandine, maybe, or or um, Wilson and Sandine. I mean, Wilson and Forrester, but that should be fun. I mean, I'm kind of looking on the bright side, but I, I feel like as soon as he starts putting up points there, He'll probably get called up. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. He has to force his way up at that point because yeah. we've already seen him dominate the AHL two years ago. So it's like, how long do you want him to do it for? He made the team last year. What's so weird to me is he makes the team last year as the 13th forward, and this year he starts it in the AHL. Like, that's just a step backwards. And I'm wondering because the vibes I was getting from training camp, uh, from the quotes we were getting, was that he was taking steps forward. And everyone was excited. Everyone on my timeline was excited. And this was just like five days ago where everyone was like, finally, man, Frost, is, it looks like it's all coming together for him. And I'm just wondering what the what the dramatic shift was, like when the tables turned on this. Because it, it just, I don't know, it came out of nowhere, dude. Like we said before we hit record, maybe, I, mean, I really, really wish we got something, like a presser before this, so we're not kind of like just guessing. But maybe it's like the Faraby situation. Like we said, and it's kind of like as soon as you start, as soon as you click on the offensive side, which we know that you're going to do once you get more comfortable and more games under your belt. I mean, the kid has not played NHL games besides one and a half games in front of chairs since March 2020. So I, I sometimes forget that. Like As excited as I get seeing him back on the ice and watching him play hockey again, I sometimes forget, like, hey, this kid hasn't played hockey in a really long time. Like March 2020 was the last time he played consistent hockey. After that, he played the two game, one and a half games against Buffalo in front of chairs. Like I said, so it just it is confusing. But I I can also see if maybe they just want him to go into the AHL, play in all situations, get that offensive touch back, and then and then come up. You already have the the two way two-way down we we saw it at the nhl level so go down there with your two-way game already kind of complete and then turn on your offensive game and then you'll be right back up that's the way i'm looking at it hopefully. yeah i mean that's what i hope that they frame this as i really do like i hope they don't just come in tomorrow and just go oh well he 
he acted like he had a spot and he just like remember with phil myers a couple years ago when the behind the glass thing they're like this kid's acting and playing like he already has a spot Mm -hmm. and to send a message to him they sent him down i don't know there's i hope that's what they uh hold on one sec i'm sorry i hope i hope that's what they um try to frame this as though like it's a very brief go down there as soon as the rust is gone you're back type Mm -hmm. thing yeah Otherwise, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, otherwise, it's like, what's going on here? Like, he's 22 years old. Just, just let's, let's see what we got in him. But another thing that I kind of kind of go back to, especially after enduring last year, maybe A.V. and Chuck are trying not to throw a younger kind of player in a bigger role, just like they did last year with a couple of young guys like Patrick, like Myers, Sanheim. All those guys that they kind of thrust it into those roles. I mean, Patrick was coming back just like Frost was. And kind of was just given that role. I mean, Patrick was drafted and kind of given a roster spot. So, I mean, we could talk about that in another day. But I maybe they're trying to avoid handing a, a young kid a spot like they did last year because it burned them really, really bad. So, maybe they just want him to go down there, like we said, and gain that offensive touch. And as soon as he does that, he'll be back. But... That's looking on the bright side. Yeah. Maybe we'll get an, uh, a presser tomorrow. I mean, I'm hoping we'll get maybe something, either like an interview in the morning after morning skate from AV, I mean, after practice or something. But definitely want to yeah, hear the reasoning so, from them. Because what's weird to me is, like, he makes the team as the extra forward last year, and this year they're just so against doing that. Like, even 3C. Like, why does it have to be... You said this before the podcast. You were like, why not just put him on 3C then? Why do we need to put him, like, a label as 2C? Like, you could just make him the 3C. Call that line the third line. Screw it. Who cares, dude? It's a label. I said that before this even happened. Like, I said that with the the mindset that he was on the team. I was like, okay, I get the concern that the offense isn't there right now, but everything else is there right now. And with him, the offense is at least my concerns. I mean, I know what he can do. A lot of people do know what he can do offensively. So if you're that worried about the 2C, the quote-unquote matchup, like you said, it's just a it's a term. Would you say? It's just a what? It's a label. It's a label, yeah. At the end of the day. At the end of like, the day. But if you're that worried, drop Frost down to 3C. Let him see other third lines until he gets that offensive instinct back because the two-way play was fine. Uh, then he wasn't hurting. The, he wasn't actively hurting the team being out there. So, yeah, I just... Just want to hear. Just want to hear the explanation. Um, make sure. Let's see if it's bullshit or not. Um, but yeah, and to everyone on Twitter, like all the ex- all the extremists right now on uh, both sides, on both sides, like the the extremely pro frost, like freaking out. Like, let's take a deep breath. And to all the people who are like, oh, I told you, make or break, he's a bust. Like, all right, take a deep breath, sit down. It'll be just fine. He'll he'll probably be playing for the Flyers in like a week and a half. Take a breath. Like, I don't yeah, definitely. I mean, you got. I mean, yeah. I think he'll be play. He'll he'll be a factor with the Flyers this year for sure. Um, it just definitely sucks. Not it, like you said, looking at it in the in the grand scheme of things, he took a step back because he made teams the thirteen forward last year. Got hurt, serious injury. His first serious injury of his career, and then essentially didn't make the team this year with more of a chance because there was like he. There was less room last year, and he made it. Like he forced his way on. I mean, I talk, I talk about it, I talked about it all the time with him last year. They could have easily just sent him back to the Phantoms and let him get the one C minutes, but they were like, no, he deserves it. He's on this team. Last uh, this year, I guess they're just like, he doesn't 
he didn't nab a spot. Like he didn't wow us. He that and that's what they wanted. That's what it seems like they wanted him to do. Because like I said before, in the pressers, every time somebody asked AV about him, he didn't say he had a bad game. He didn't say he had a, a, a great game. Every time he started out, his answer to the question, he'd be like, well, Morgan is this offensive player. I need to see him do more offensively. And maybe it's just as simple as they wanted to see something more than the tip for a goal that he almost got, more than the quick little setups that he had to Ellis and a couple of other guys. Maybe they wanted to see something more than that, and they didn't. So they just maybe it was just as simple as that. But maybe we get a, a an explanation soon. Yeah, for sure. And the other cuts, they, they come as no surprise. Uh, Forrester, Sandine, Ratcliffe, Hogberg, uh, and then the guys on waivers, Clendenning, Mayhew, Rusev, and Bunneman. Uh Forrester, he stuck around for a while. He, like, honestly forced, well, according to sources, he forced his way into more playing time throughout training camp. I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I've heard. I mean, yeah, that's what AV said. AV said that he definitely earned himself a couple of other, uh, couple of more looks but the quote unquote more looks that he got, I, I mean, I really didn't see anything from him. Um, I'm excited to go see him in the AHL, though. I mean, I, he looked really good as a teenager there last year. He's going to be playing with Morgan Frost for the power play. Jesus. Power. Oh, I mean, we saw the power play in, in rookie camp. That's exactly what the power play is going to look like. I mean, I said it. If, if Frost ends up on the Phantoms, the power play is going to be York on the point, Frost on his wall. Sandine in the slot, Radcliffe uh, behind the net, and then Forrester on uh, Giroux's, Giroux's side. So, I mean, that's going to be the power play. I mean, that's the only bright side that you can look on this Frost, Frost thing. And Phantoms games will be pretty fun to watch this year, especially when they uh, especially when they go on the power play. He should yeah. pick up points there, bro. Like, he really should as soon as he starts playing games. Oh, he will. And th- that's my um... – that's where my anger stems from with the <laughs> like, situation. Yeah, I, I know he's going to do it. That's the thing. He's going to go down there. He's going to look great. Me and you were going to send each other the highlights. We're going to be like, holy shit, look at this goal. But we've seen it before. We saw it two years ago. Is my, like, that's, uh. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely definitely think he needs to get like more games under his belt. But like I said before, I don't think he was actively hurting the team. So. Yeah, and I would just I would prefer him to learn at this point in his career just strictly NHL level. That's yeah, just, I agree. I absolutely agree. But now, moving on from the Frost situation, I mean, we'll probably talk about him more once we get clarification from A.V. or Fletcher. I mean, it's going to be a lot easier talking about it once we get a, a clear answer from them because we can kind of go about it in, down one lane because we'll, we'll know the exact reason behind it. Yeah, Hopefully it's all they're speculation. Honest. Hopefully they're honest. But I've been thinking of a lot of different com- combinations now because now lines are going to get all switched up. Whether Lawton hops into two C, whether Giroux is two C. I mean, I really think at this point in his career he's not. If but... they do that, uh, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I'm telling you, send Frost down and then put Giroux at center. Uh, like that's just it doesn't make sense to me. I, if they do that, I, I I think he could play there, but I mean, is that the spot that I really would want Giroux? No, I mean. I would rather have Broussard there before I put Drew there. I mean, if they don't bump Lawton up and put JVR and Farabee um, on each side, then I really don't know. What I really don't know what they were going to do because if I was if I was AV, I'd go Drew Couturier, Konechny, JVR, Lawton, Farabee, Limbaugh, Broussard, Atkinson, Thompson, Cates, and AK because it keeps 
most of the lines that you had in training camp together, like it keeps the Drew line together up top, and then it keeps your third line, Limblom, Broussard, Axon together. And the only thing that changes on the fourth line is Kate's at center. I mean, and fourth line doesn't play that many minutes anyway, so I mean, you're not really missing anything there. So, JBR. Yeah, I got to be honest, that fourth line is rough. Though, it's rough. Dude. It is. It is. Because Jackson Kate doesn't do anything for me. And I know, I mean, we'll get into him a little bit later, but. It is rough, for sure. I think NAK's looked a lot better the past handful of games. So if he can bring what he's shown in preseason over to the regular season, that'd be awesome. But, I mean, you don't always see what you see in the preseason in the regular season. I mean, the preseason's a weird it's a weird uh, entity, for sure. Absolutely. And I was just thinking this last night. Like, NAK is so weird. Because, like, he'll just go back. Like, in my head, I feel like it's like a love-hate with him sometimes. It's like... Two years ago, I was like, wow, this kid could really be the Pitlick replacement. And then last year, there was a point in time where I was like, no. Like, he is a phantom. All these penalties have to stop. Like, he is an AHL player. And now, after seeing this preseason, I'm like, fuck it. Let's run it back. Let's see what he could do. Because he, he's got... His power moves were really good. Like, the way he would crash oh, yeah. to the net. It reminded me of the way Raffle used to do it. He's like a little quicker Raffle, for sure. He took that penalty in that... Boston game, and I was like, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah, he, he's go. really got to watch that, where he will be a phantom. I mean, is he waiver exempt at this point in his career? I don't think so. Yeah, but I don't. I know. don't but he's really got to stay away from those penalties because it they were brutal last year. I mean, there was a point in time where I was like, "How is this kid still still suiting up?" I mean, he's actively hurting the team with this with these penalties. Defense, though, you want to go through the defense right before we get into. The other stuff. Absolutely. Just, I mean, before it's... you rattle off the combos, I just want to say yeah. I love that they're giving York a little extra reps real quick <laughs> before they send them. I do, because he's so obviously not going to make the team, but the fact that he's probably going to play uh, Friday. I, I think what they're doing, the reason why they're keeping him around, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, yeah, we're sending you back, but we know you'll be back. So get we're getting you a little more comfortable up here is what it is. Because they, sure. they spoke glowingly about his last three games. You notice that? Like, I remember me and you were saying, oh, I wonder how much stock people put in a three, meaning, like, like last games. But I think it was uh, the entrance interviews to training camp. I think Fletcher and AV were like, yeah, we got some good looks off of them at the NHL level at the end of the year. So, I like that they're getting him comfortable. Um, I think he's looked good, too. I don't think he's looked out of place. Maybe he had a couple of bad plays Bridgeport, but I don't think he, I don't think he's looked bad. No, I just I still love watching him on the power play. Could be NHL, NHL, World right? Juniors, NCAA at any level. I love watching Cam York on the power play, dude. That's that's the one thing that I knew was going to translate from the NCA so well. He's f- so fluent and natural on the power play. I, I generally think he could do it with his eyes closed. I mean, that's my favorite thing about his game: the way he can skate, and it's the way he sees the ice. I mean, potentially having him in Yandel at some point. This season, power a uh, quarterback in our power plays is really exciting. Because I think York is going to be up at some point this season, obviously. I mean, he's probably the number one guy. Because right now, it's going to go Provorov, Ellis, Sandheim, Ristolainen, and Yandel, Braun. I mean, I think those defensive pairings are pretty set. I don't think anybody's arguing with that. Um, and then the seventh defenseman with Morin being out still is Nick Sealer for me. Absolutely, 100%. Good on him, too. Awesome good, on him. Good stuff, Nick Sealer. He's looked really good this camp. I mean, even the first three days that I was there, he was throwing throwing the body, being physical, and then even in the preseason games, you saw him kind of translate that over. Um, Glenn Denning, definitely don't think he looked good in the preseason, and I think he looked good with 
York. So him being on a pair with York in the AHL is uh it's better than York being with Sealer because I it's just a better fit. It works out beautifully because Sealer could be the seventh here, and then Glendening can just go mentor York on that first pairing with the Phantoms. So I like it. I like the defense. I'm excited for the defense this year. I'm excited to see Sandheim and Ristoline in, in uh, regular season action. So you, you saw the AV quotes praise in the way that the their chemistry is coming along? So you know what the funny thing is? A lot of people on, on Twitter, including myself, weren't very impressed with the, the Sandheim-Ristolainen combo in Bridgeport. And then he came out and praised them. And I was like, well, did we just watch the same game? Because I think he recognized the talent disadvantage in that game. As soon as the definitely, puck dropped in that definitely. game, I was like, oh, this this is about to get ugly, isn't it? As soon as Bavillier <laughs> sniped it, I was like, oh. As, as, soon, as, I, as soon as I saw our lineup, and I, I, I was like, oh, geez. But, yeah, I, I definitely think the talent difference definitely had something to do with that. But, like, even then, I was like, all right, dude. Like, it wasn't like they had that good of a game. The way he was talking. I did see some of the quotes. I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought they looked better two games ago. Than that. For when, sure, when, when yeah. Ristolainen had five hits in the first period of that game, I thought they looked pretty good. He had one. I don't know if that was the game where on the PK they came out and mispositioned a little bit and they got scored on, but where like the puck bounced out in front of the net and Risto was like kind of diving. I don't know if that was the same game, but I think that game was their best game overall. Personally, and how about the people torching him for that? Torch they were like, "Oh, some things don't change from Buffalo." To, like it's. You always see this stuff when players like get traded from other markets. The fan bases will just from the other team will yeah, still be it. a little so. Yeah, I do it all the time. That's that's how I know what what's going on here because I do it all the time. You said it best last last year during one of our podcasts. You were like, "I hate when people go into a play and single out the very last bad thing the player did because in a bad play." There's five or six things that went wrong before that that you could point out, and people just don't do it. Yeah, and those things are worse than what the last guy did because he didn't really have a chance. Like There were so many things wrong with that play. I mean, we could sit here for, I mean, not hours, but, I mean, I think it was Lawton. Lawton was out of position. Sanheim, I don't know what Sanheim. Lawton was covering air. Like, I don't know what Lawton was doing. Um, I, I think Thompson was out there too. I'm not sure. Everybody was out of position on that play. But um, it's preseason. I mean, you get that shit out of the way there. Um, Martin Jones has bounced back. That's a, that's another thing we can talk about. I, people were freaking the fuck out after that first game. <laughs> Hold on. I have to say something because in the net hockey actually had me crack. I don't know if <laughs> you saw say? his tweet, but I think he replied to uh, our tweet saying Boston scored. And it was Jones still looking like ass cheeks with like uh, the emoji of like the sunglasses <laughs> on like the smiley face. Did it had me cracking up. Did in the net not even like the signing to begin with? I kind of forget. What was that? I said, did in the net not like the signing to begin with? Because that might be a reason why. That that could be it, yeah. I mean, I, I actually have been kind of defending him throughout the preseason. Because mo- mo- yeah, especially that last game. Like, I mean, to. good luck. Good luck, dude. Put You could put freaking any goalie in there. Patrick Waugh in his prime back there, and he probably still ain't getting it done for the Flyers he, that night, he bro. He kept that game from being a ball out, Danny. He, he looked really good. He was the, as I said, he was the best player to watch. No, he, was the, he was the best part of it. The goal that he finally let up, there was like four, three or four hacks by the Islanders like right in front of him until finally he let it in. Like He had three or four nice saves from in tight, and then finally the fifth chance that they had with no uh, no flyer clear on the porch, finally they scored, obviously. But 
No, I thought, I mean, he had a 2-on-1 in the third period that he looked, he just completely squared up, came out of his net, and just, it was a beautiful save. It looked really nice. He looks confident, a lot more confident than did the first game. And he, he's improved, steadily improved the two games after that, and I'm excited to get the regular season going. Let's get into the mailbag yes. at this point in time. Presto, first question. How are you feeling about the power play? I think Yandel is about to be the best $900,000 the Flyers have ever spent, but I don't love what I've seen out of TK in the power play one bumper position. Maybe Farabee or Atkinson would be better there. I mean, you could say the same argument for TK. Like, t- Does TK have a point this? Um, I know, he, he, he had an assist. Um, Monday yeah, and the OT. I'm surprised people aren't complaining about him not scoring because that's kind of that's been kind of the thing. He's looked good to me though. No, I, yeah, I I like TK's game. He just I don't think he scored yet. No, yeah, he's definitely not scored. But like his hustle, his compete level, like the, actually what, what I'm seeing from him, like in his two way game, he it seems like he's playing the right way again. He had one play in on that Monday game where he busted down the right wall and blew past the defenseman. And I really thought he was about to, like, snipe at top shelf, but he went around the net instead of, like, trying to shoot it. You know what I mean? Like, now he, like, does yeah. that like, really fast thing and, like, ends, like, loops around and then, like, comes around the side of the net and, like, tries to go, like, top right right over the shoulder. Like, 27, like, 2017, 2018 TK would do. That's what I really thought he was going to do. But, I mean, he definitely has that speed back. It looks like he has that tenacity back. Uh, really excited to get him going because people were freaking out about him, especially after that playoff round. But talking uh, about the power play, power play, me and you talked about it. It's not like the deflection passes anymore. Like, they're actually moving the puck around, trying different plays, trying slot chances behind the net plays. Like, it's, it looks different. Uh, yeah. And the shot selection's way, way better. Like, whereas before they would focus on getting a low shot from the point in for a tip, now they're taking that point guy and they're like, distribute get better shots, and that's the way it should be. And I love it, because, like, dude, that Yandel pass the Coots, like, I can get used to that shit, bro. Right, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing that Keith Yandel came into Philly with. I mean, we all knew, we all know that he's not the defenseman that he used to be, but he could still really, really help you out in the power play, and we've seen it in the preseason already. Ghost was a hell of a power play quarterback, but he wasn't a distributor like like Yandel is, I'm sorry. Like people were arguing, like, oh, Ghost is Ghost was a good passer. Yeah, Ghost was a good passer, but there's he a didn't difference like to between pass. there's a difference between being a good passer and just being a distributor. Like Cam York and Keith Yandel are distributors. Like they just naturally naturally distribute the puck and like know what to do in the power play. It, just, it, it comes natural for them. Like just, that's what they do. You, like Cam York doesn't let big bombs go when he quarterback in a power play he does like the almost the exact same thing Yandel is doing so I'm kind of excited that Yandel's even like in the organization could like York's kind of like watching the kind of defenseman that he could become potentially like just really good two-way kind of offensive defenseman who can quarterback a power play in his sleep now I'm really excited to watch what Yandel brings to the power play this uh this season because I think it's going to be a lot of fun Another thing that I love that I've sold out of Yandel is um, in the defensive zone post whistles, he will get guys out of the crease. And even during play, like, he does not take shit. No. I like that a lot. I was telling my pops that when we were watching, uh, I think it was the game that Risto was throwing or throwing his body around. Like, Keith Yandel was in almost every scrum sticking up for his teammates, man. And, like, the difference in 
body language that the Flyers had. Like, even in the preseason when they were like sticking up for each other, like it just breath of fresh air for sure. We're not gonna get thrown around anymore. Like there's not gonna be any more nine nothing games for this. Like even when they lose bad, it's not gonna be nine nothing bad because this team actually like gives a fuck and actually has a heartbeat now. Yeah, that like, locker room feels like down. it did two years ago now. Actually, it feels even a little. It could be even stronger. Like we got Brassard thrown. Like we got Brassard not letting Provorov fight. Like that was a beautiful play by Brassard. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I'm not yeah. letting. I'm not letting Ivan Provorov. Who was he trying to fight? Because I'm pretty sure the dude he was trying to fight's a pretty good fighter too. Hathaway, bro. Hath- oh my Hathaway, yeah, he's, he's the yeah. goon besides Tom Wilson. On hundred percent. I'm I'm not letting Provorov fight them either, dude. Like that was a great play by Broussard. I'm jumping right on top of Provorov and breaking that up too. Hell, I'll fight Hathaway myself if I have to. I just loved how heated Broussard got. Like the way he was yelling, I was like, "Damn!" Like this has been your teammate just for a couple of weeks, and like you're <laughs> right. really riding for him right now. I lo- like I love to see that. Gotta you gotta love to see that in preseason too. Just like I mean, Elliot Dehernay throwing hands. Yeah. His first NHL game ever, dude. And he's never. He was just having fun out there. He oh, because you were at that game, so you didn't get to see his uh, intermission interview. No. Dude, he was just all smiles. And he was like, Yeah, I was jittery at first, as you could tell, which I could tell. And he was um, he was saying just how like how much fun he was having. And like, he was saying, like, Thank you, Jim Jackson. He had like great manners. Like, he just seemed. Oh, wow. He just seemed like he was just happy to be there. And then he fought the very next period. And then he just. I don't know. It seems like he made the most. Like, someone told him, like, Hey, here's your chance to play. At home, nice little lineup before we send you back. Go out and just have some fun. Yeah, and that's definitely. what he did. Definitely what we saw from him. He is going to be a very fun player to to, to track this year, man. I'm, I'm I'm extremely excited to see what he does with his D plus two year. Yeah, because if like we saw what he did in Halifax last year, what, what what's he gonna do this year? Like one can only imagine he might he might top the Q in points because he was leading the Q in points to to begin last season. No, so I mean knows? he led the he he led Halifax in in points last year in his first season there. So I mean the sky's the limit for that kid. Let's uh, I'm extremely excited to see what he does um with his D plus two year. I mean, like I said, the sky's the limit for him. Bleed Orange and Black says, "What is AV slash Fletcher telling the gents to get them going on the right foot?" What yeah. do you gents got planned for the awesome home opener, and what do you need me to bring? The physical presence is back on the defense, and how do they keep it going consistently? Let's fucking go, T.O.I. and Flyers. That's my, my guy, dude. Can't wait to see you in a week from now. Uh, tailgate, obviously, is the plan for next week. What? What? We don't really need anything, right? I mean, obviously, I mean, we're going to supply some alcohol i mean i can't buy everybody beer but i mean we're gonna have beer food um music just just bring whatever you want whether that's food alcohol um chips yourself i mean I, I just I yeah mean, just bring yourself man yeah, it's not that's gonna what be, that's what we want like it's not gonna be anything um like crazy it's just gonna be we're gonna put some tents up get some food going get some music going some good times. I mean, I'm gonna be there pretty early. It just, I'm excited to get back t- into tailgating again and being able to be at the stadiums, being around everybody. It's gonna be really fun. Um, we're less than a week away, so let's go. Yeah, the last time we were able to go to a sold-out Wells Fargo Center was in the first year of this podcast. It was actually midway through the first year. Of this yeah, like, that's crazy. 
I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Monday, that preseason game that I went to, it was pretty packed for a for a pre. I think there was thirteen thousand people there. We checked after the game or something like that. Like there was a lot of people there for damn a Monday night. Hey, dudes, that's what off season additions will do for you. You get some excitement. You make the right moves, pull the right strings. But saying that, I think October fifteenth is gonna be jumping. Has to be. I think people are going to show. Like I think people are going to show up, man. I think people are going to be excited. Ryan Ellis, Rasmus first aligning, Keith Gandel, Cam Atkinson, like Derek Brassard. Dude, I used to go to every home. I went to every home opener from 2013 to I think like 2017. Like I had like a streak of four or five, and I just saw the energy decreasing over the years as the team got bad. Like I remember the 2013-2014 ones felt like playoff games. And then the, the ones after that, not so much, obviously. I think it's going to get back to that home opener. Like, everyone's just excited to be back. Like, for, since COVID everything, like, it's going to feel like playoff intensity in that stadium. Definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get it going October 15th, for sure. I mean, we're going to try to get it going. Bleeding. What is A.V. Fletcher telling the gents to get them going on the right foot? Um, I, well, my, I was under the impression they were trying to get set line combinations Get, because there was too much switcheroo going on around last season. I was under the impression they were trying to get a set line combinations to get comfortable, get chemistry, acclimate it with each other. Um, I, I don't know what he's telling them to get them on the right foot. Probably just uh, play the right way, high intensity training camp, all those things. I think he likes to. I think he likes the way his team has been playing in the preseason. Um, I think the way. I think he likes when the team was basically at full. Like, when we played Washington's B team without O.V., Backstrom, a couple other guys. I think Carlson didn't play either, but Kuznetsov was in there, and I think we had our full team, quote-unquote, because Frost was in the lineup, so it's not really our full team now anymore. But it was what most of the opening line, um, lineup, besides uh, now not Frost, and I think the team looked pretty good, even though it was Washington's B team, so we probably should have looked good. But... Overall, I think AV likes the way the team has been playing in the preseason. The uh, the practices have been very high, high intense, very fast. Um, he even gave him he even gave him a day off. I think like two Mondays ago because of just how how long they've been on the ice and how good the practices have been. But I think he's excited to get things going. I mean, I'm I know AV and and Chuck are ready to turn the page from last year. Like they they want to completely forget about last year. Like they refuse to take questions about last year. AV's like, I'm not talking about last year. We could talk about this game, but I'm not talking about last year at all. So well, I good. I mean, like, why are we bringing up ready, last year at this point? Ready to turn the page. Ready to get going, man. In the net hockey, what are we thinking about Risto so far? What are we to fully expect from his possible pairing with Sandheim opening night lineups? So we kind of already covered the lineup thing a little bit. Yeah, and we kind of already covered the Risto Sandheim thing a little well, bit as well. Actually, it's funny that he asked a Risto question because I wanted to talk about something Bleed Orange and Black said about Risto, so I can kind of kill two burns with one stone here. The physical presence is back when the D. How do they keep it going consistently? And like when I read that, it made me think of a play that happened the other day. I don't know if it was in Bridgeport, or if it was Monday. I'm pretty sure it was in Bridgeport, but Risto Linen's physicality and the way he hits and just the presence he brings on the ice really opens up ice for Travis Sanheim. And like there was one play in particular. I, uh, I don't know if it was last, was it last night they played in Bridgeport. I'm kind of losing my days here. Yeah, yeah, last night. Last night where Risto went into the corner with like two Islanders. And obviously people know, I mean obviously the players know that Risto's going to throw his body. And 
he threw his body at the one guy, and the puck was, like, between his skates, and, like, he went to go throw his body at the other, and the guy kind of, like, got away from it, and it kind of opened the puck up, and in came Sandheim with his beautiful skating ability, took the puck, went around the net, and broke it out. And I really feel like that's something that Phil Myers didn't do very well. I mean, he was still young and learning himself, so, I mean... He didn't open up ice for Sandheim by being physical the way Ristolainen does, and I really think that's going to help that pair, and I think it's going to really going to help both guys because, I mean, it was just like seeing it. I'm surprised I didn't even text you. I was like, wow. I mean, I've seen people talk about it, but like, it was really apparent right there. Like he, his physicality alone opened up ice and the puck for Sandheim to swoop in with his awesome skating ability and break the puck out and I was like okay if that's something that they can consistently keep going which I think they can then we got a really nice one-two pair going man we really got um, Provorov Ellis have I mean they look like they've been playing together for the last nine years and then you have Sandheim and Rissa who can be a really nice pair and Yandel and and Braun have looked good too so I mean the Flyers could have a extremely good defense this year now now we're suddenly worrying about offense yeah funny how that goes right? dude i love how pro rob and ellis the relationship already seems to be coming along and i don't even mean just on the like i mean off the ice too like apparently they're like pulling up at the same time and practicing well you heard what ellis said right what? ellis was what? saying that he follows pro around in the facility he eats breakfast with pro he's like i do everything i possibly can with pro to gain as much chemistry on and off the ice as possible before october 15th and when i heard yeah, that see, I i'm like, smiling that's right a vet now. bro that's just like I'm that's smiling. a vet dude like he's following pro around everywhere he's eating breakfast with him like there's definitely chemistry on ice but if you can get that chemistry off ice i mean like we said i mean like i just said 20 seconds ago it looks like they've been playing together for fucking 15 years already but it is just preseason so let's not get too ahead of ourselves we'll see how things go uh go once we get things kicked off very soon tim younghand said oh honestly tim. i feel bad because a lot of a lot of these questions are kind of outdated with the roster cuts yeah should they keep the top six the same mm. no has, <laughs> has yans taken the top qb spot for sure um, who you got on PP2, if so? Oh, man. I mean, it really switches everything, because I have Frost on PP2. Um, I think he means running the point. I'm running the point, I'm sorry. Ellis, and then probably Provorov on the left wall, and then you'll probably get Atkinson in the slot, and then Farabee on the other wall, because he's not going to be on power play. How do you feel about Pro-V on the left wall, by the way? Honestly, Danny, I didn't like it at first at all. Like, I was going to come on this podcast and scream about and it torch if we it, recorded me too. it, but we didn't, and I got a couple games with him on that left wall, and he hasn't been as bad as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, it's not I, that bad, It's bro. really not that bad. But if Frost ever comes back, I mean, not ever, but when, when Frost eventually comes back, I would really rather have him there and then have uh, Fairview on the other wall if that's how we're doing it. I really don't think Provorov is best suited there, but hey, I could be wrong, and Provorov, that could be Provorov's spot on PP2 for the next six years, dude. I mean, he could really tell me to shut the fuck up and become a beast there, but I mean, ultimately, I don't think, long-term, I don't think that, long-term, I don't think he's on the power play. I mean, I think Provorov's a great player, but I don't think he's the best power play guy in the world. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. Dude, if, I, if I'm Terrian, mm-hmm. I'm watching that clip of Farabee's one-timer goal in the preseason, 
and I just, there's no possible way he's not put in that spot. Like, I feel like that's a layup at this point. I don't even know if they will put him there, because sometimes they like putting him no, a little lower in the slot. But That power play lineup was disgusting. It was minus – it was JVR net front, Forrester slot, Fairby on that wall, Frost on the other wall, then York point. Like, ton of fun. Ton of fun. Like, I'm so they, glad we got that. They moved the puck extremely well that game. We didn't talk about that. That power play that, we, that I just named, I think they scored twice. Yeah, they, they scored two goals in that game against Boston as they, they, that we lost against yeah. Boston's A team. But, yeah, they scored the two goals. I mean, that power play unit was extremely fun to watch, and that's one of the main reasons why I think now that Frost's a phantom, that that power play in Lehigh is going to be extremely dangerous. I think Frost is going to pick up a ton of points on that power play with Forrester opposite side of him. Oh, for sure. Dude, I forgot Faraby got the first goal in that Boston game, too. Yeah. On the net front. Jesus Christ, man. He looks... He's so he good, looks, dude. I know, dude. He's so good. The way... I did... Going into his career, I did not realize he was going to become that good of a scorer that early. Like, I knew he was going to... I knew he always had a quick release, sneaky good shot, but I did not think it was going to freaking level up the way it did in nah. one season. Nobody like, did, oh my, dude. Honestly. Jesus Christ. What a what a draft pick by, from the departing Ron Hextall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was, getting, he was getting dragged on the timeline today for his 2016 draft. P- uh, people pulled it up because it uh, does uh, look Rebustov. rough. I can't lie. Yeah, Allison, Rebustov, Ustamanko. Yep, LeBurge, Ustamanko. Oh uh, the only good one's Carter Hart out of that. So far, like the only one who's actively playing and healthy. I mean, I've seen a ton of, oh, Frost is a bust, Frost is this, because now <laughs> that he's a phantom. But, like, can we talk about Robustov? Like, if we want to talk about an actual bust, that yeah. is an actual bust. I'm sorry. I don't throw that word out there. I don't think I've ever called anybody in our organization a bust for as long as we've been doing this podcast. Like, a straight-out bust. That dude is a first-round bust. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That was an awful draft. Like, wasn't, what's his name right there? Uh, Besser? Uh, we're going to have to go back and pull up the draft board to get the exact position. I know they missed out on a couple guys, though. I wanted them to trade that, up. That'll for, hurt your heart. I wanted them to trade off for Clayton Keller so bad that draft. I remember being at work because I worked all night that night. I remember just being like, trade whatever you got. Just trade up, trade up, trade up for him. He's awesome. He's a really good player. And now he's a pretty good player for Arizona. But, I mean, yeah, that draft's fucking awful. <laughs> that draft's yeah. really bad, dude. Young Hans, Young Hans had more questions. Yeah, he said, yeah, he "Who did. are your standouts from the bottom six so far?" I'm gonna say Jackson Cates. Psych, <laughs> <Just like> not. <laughs> yo, yo, you violated my man. Uh, Scott Lawton has been. I think that's one of the absolutely. reasons why they were a little bit maybe more comfortable sending Frost down was the fact that maybe Lawton can jump up and play two C for a little bit until maybe Frost gets his his offense going. But Scott Lawton has looked incredible this preseason. I really think he's looked on his game, ready to go. I mean, I really think Lawton is is going to be a pretty good player. I mean, pretty good. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's going to be a pretty good player this year. Like even in even in these preseason games, I'm just seeing that energy that he brings. Like you could just see the energy he brings. Like there's just intensity that yeah. Lawton has when he's on the ice, and, and you could feel it. And he always scores on the breakaway. Always. I, I know. It blows my mind how like this team is historically known for being terrible in shootouts. And breakaways, but that this guy, this bottom sixer, is just cash every cash. single time. I know. He's on, like right before. This is the last thing I'm going to say about Frost on this podcast. I mean, on this episode, 
But now that we're talking about Loft, real quick, he's Lawton is a guy who, like I said on text, who played ring around the rosy with the NHL and AHL for a really long time. From like, I, there, there was a point where this fan, like a ninety nine percent of this fan base called him a boss straight out until he found his spot, his game, and now look at him. I mean, we talk about Scott Lawton so highly. He's a good player. He's a great locker room guy, making three million dollars a year. But like, I just he's a great example of why you don't give up on a prospect. We people had Scott Lawton traded for a bag of pucks back then, and now he's potentially going to be our two C filling in. Had a great preseason, great dude. So just I don't know. I just want to throw it out there. Just all he's completely the fuck out. It's, it's just people calm down. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. relax. R e l a x, relax. <laughs> But, like, last year we could have got a first-round pick for him. So, like, we essentially – he's brought his value back up to the point where we could have broken even for him. And, like, that's just that's just insane because at one point in time we thought, like you said, he was a bust. And, yeah, um, dude. A lot like, – not – I don't think I ever called him a bust, but there was a point in time where I was, all right, we need to, like, start seeing what we get out of this mm-hmm. guy because he was a first-round pick. But that's just – that's my main message to the fans. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Calm down. It's not the end of the world. Frost will be back this year. It's not like I. We said this before. Before training camp or rookie camp, or any of this started. If Frost doesn't make the team, no, no, no. After Hayes got hurt, we said if Frost doesn't make this team, we have a real big problem. I remember saying that to you. If Frost doesn't make this team now that Hayes is going to be out for a, a long time, if he doesn't make this team, we got a problem. But that in my head when I said that. Him not making the team meant he had a bad camp. Straight up had a bad camp. That's bad. I mean, in our eyes, if he came into this camp and just just wasn't good, that's bad. But that's not the case that we're in now. Now that we're here, he got sent back, and we know why he got sent back. He he didn't get sent back because he had a bad camp, because he didn't. He got sent back because he didn't come out and take a spot. And a lot of people will say that he didn't look good, he didn't look bad, he looked okay. But he didn't do enough to take a 2C spot, apparently, for, to the Flyers. So, I just want to tell people to just calm down a little bit. Let's, let's let us let this kid play some hockey before we uh, freak the fuck out. At the very least, let's see the press conference. Absolutely. Let's get some answers, for sure. Uh, who's my standoff on the bottom six? I have to throw NAK in there. I know we've already like kind of talked about him at length on this podcast already. But, um, yeah, I like the energy he's bringing. He seems like he's back to... What he was bringing, I mean, we'll see as the regular season goes on. But from what I saw in the preseason, he seems like he's back to that energy he was delivering two seasons ago. Who will be the seventh defenseman? Uh, that's Nick Sealer. That's all but guaranteed at this yeah, point. He's definitely, definitely um, the the seventh C. I mean, the seventh D. <laughs> seventh C. Rice Cipher said, "I feel like the Islanders are our kryptonite. I know it's just a preseason game, but do you all feel this team has?" what it takes to beat them in a best of seven. I want to start this one off. I think it's way too early to, to say that. <laughs> way too early. Yeah, for sure. But, right. I mean, I can see where you feel like that team has our number every time, and I just thought it was kind of funny how, like, the Flyers – um actually, did the first game – was that lineup stacked? In that fir- No, it was a split squad game, right? That first game against the Islanders, it was like a group A, group B type. They had a better, um, they had a better roster than we did. I know that. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I really wanted the Flyers to kind of stack the deck against the Islanders, one of these, because you know me, I hate the Islanders. Yeah, I do. really wanted them to, to stack the deck against them for one of these games, and it seems like they didn't want to do it. And I was just wondering if it's because the Islanders play them so well 
that AV was kind of worried that even like a watered down Islanders lineup might just like tightly check us to get in our head. I don't know. I did think about it though. No, I've been saying that for a while now. I I feel like the Islanders are are a kryptonite, especially lately. I I hate going up against that team. They they remind. I mean, I wasn't even alive around when the Devils played that trap defense. Maybe I. What year would they do that? Was that in like the nineteen nineties or was that in like the early two thousands? I kind of forget. late late nineties, early two thousands, probably. Yes, I mean we weren't old enough to comprehend hockey at that point, so I feel like they are like the closest version of that in like today's NHL. They play such a boring fucking game. I hate playing the Islanders, whether it's in Philly or whether it's in New York, especially when it's in New York. You know you're in for a boring ass game. I mean that that Bridgeport game, and I know the Flyers didn't have. <laughs> I know they didn't have a full roster. That was one of the most boring hockey games I have ever watched, dude. And I'm on streams watching K K uh K M J H L games, dude. Yeah. Like I'm watching K H L games, and that was easily one of the most boring fucking hockey games I have ever seen. First off, we're watching it on, on a Twitter stream. <laughs> why is the like the fifth preseason game, second half of a back to back? Why why is every other game on TV but that one? They're like nah. Don't you like, love it like, when, when the when the I don't know if it's a camera guy or whether it's like a, a a camera that's following something like following the puck, but don't you love it when the camera's just panning to the left when the play's on like the complete other side, yeah, dude? dude. Just I texted there. you about that. I was like, what is? I remember one time York had it on a breakout and the cameraman just went over to the other side of the ice. I was like, well, dude, what is happening here? Like. This is not even on the puck carrier right now. Can they, now. like, DM us? Like, I'll slide up and, and, and video it very well, dude, for you. The commentator, brutal. Oh, I am saying. See, I'm not just saying that because they're Islander fans and, like, we're Flyers fans, and obviously we're not going to like them commentating the, uh, an Islanders game kind of being homers. I mean, they were fucking brutal, dude. I'm not even trying to be an ass. Like, they were, oh, uh, man, I, I, I had to mute it. Like halfway through the first, I was watching the hockey game, that fucking awful hockey game, on on mute almost the entire time. Yeah, after the second goal, I muted because dude, the way he was screaming after that that it was like a trashy like I think it was Anders Lee got like a garbage like shot that bounced through the five hole or something like that, and this guy was screeching like his team just scored like an overtime goal to take third place in the Metro and take a playoff spot. He's got that that Ovechkin celebration, dude. Growing up, watching hockey with my dad, he'd always get so mad about how Ovechkin would react to goals. I I guess my dad has like that that old timer kind of mindset when it comes to like celebrating a regular season goal. But you know how like Ovi will like, throw himself into the glass. Scoring, oh, like, no, it bothers me. Bothers yeah, that you? bothers me. I hate that. My dad yeah. hates that shit, dude. Dude, save that for a big moment because when you do it after every goal, especially when you're as good of. As an elite, yeah. as an all-time goal scorer, like Alex Ovechkin, scoring goals is just natural to you. Like, Drew scores a goal, and he looks mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Drew scores a goal, and he looks like he should have three by now. That's well, how... Uh, Drew scores a goal when the Flyers are 25 points out of a fucking playoff spot, so that's yeah, why he true. looks mad, dude. He's golfing <laughs> yeah. in the week. <laughs> Seriously. He, lo- he has good energy, too. Drew, we haven't really talked about him. The, the couple games we saw him, man, he looks fired up. It looks like he he knows that he has a good team, and you can kind of see it yeah. on Like, the way he's passing the puck, the way he's moving. On his goal, that slapper goal on the power play, he had that play that, like, it hit Yandel's skate on the blue line to keep it in, and then, uh, fr- I almost just said Frost. Drew took it on the backhand and, like, flicked, flicked his wrist. 
saucer pass over to Couturier, where yeah, it was a Couturier, and then just mm-hmm. went into a spot on the wall and let that bitch rip. And I was like, holy shit. I, I texted you. I was like, wow. Holy shit. Like, like you said, it seems like he knows that he's got a good team this year and he's ready to fucking. I was like, oh, I have not seen that from Giroux. And I was talking about it with a couple of friends. I'm like, we've seen here and there from Giroux, like that one, one T bomb that he has. But I feel like we haven't seen this much as we, like, growing up, me and you watching uh, the Flyers, like, I feel like we saw that all the time on the power, especially on the power play with him, that, that just him winding up and letting it go. He needs to get back to that. And I think he will with the Yandel on the power play, exactly. with Couturier on the power play. Now I think we're gonna see yeah. a lot of a uh, lot of Giroux bombs again, dude. When Ghost was on that power play, you have to think like when he we was were the kids. When we were kids up. seeing that, it was yeah, exactly. It, when we were kids watching that, it was teaming in pure distributor feeding Giroux, and that's why we saw all those like great shots for Giroux. Yeah, like Ghost was always looking to shoot. He was always, always looking to take the shot. He was never looking to to. Hit Giroux. I mean, there was times that he would pass it to Giroux, obviously, but he was ne- that was never his first instinct was to hit Giroux with a beautiful one timer, and that's going to be Yandel's first instinct. Oh, it's, yeah, that's that's been Yandel's first instinct for his entire career. That dude's a beast. You, you see Yandel saying thank you to Hart as Hart yeah. like left the puck for him. Like, that dude just that dude brings a, a a crazy good vibe to that to that locker room. Giroux already said that he brings a a hazy vibe to the to the locker room. Kevin Hayes just an- another Kevin Hayes basically, which I'm not surprised at all. No. Really wish he was on this man. team. Agreed. I mean, it would fill a lot of holes. Obviously, like it would fi- uh, we wouldn't have to deal with this situation that we just had today. Yeah, the whole uh, shamelessly thing. SG yeah, the whole debacle of thinking that he's a, a shoe in and he's not. Shamelessly SG says any strategies for keeping track of the puck on broadcast. Yeah, I mean that Bridgeport wasn't as bad, but there have been a couple of streams over the summer of like these rookie games and having brutal dude. Put, put your head on a tripod or something. I don't know. Heartsey at parody goalie says, if you could grade the performance of the new players, what would you grade them? I like this one. I would say I I, I would give if I had to group them all together and give them one grade, I'd say a, a solid B. Yeah, because, dude, I was actually, when I saw this question, I was thinking about it in my head, and I was going down the list, and I was like, well, no one's really, like, overly, like, an A is for someone who just, wow, blows the doors yeah. off, completely nobody wows in this you. Entire, I'm sorry to cut you off. Nobody in this entire preseason has really, like, blown the doors down, if we're going to be serious. I don't think anyone on the team has, quote-unquote, blown the door. There's been guys who look good, like, Walton's look good, Ellis has looked good. Giroux, like we said, he looks good. Couture obviously looks good. Connecting skating well. But, like, I don't think... Paraby has two goals in the preseason. But nobody's, like, blown the doors down. And, like, oh, holy shit kind of thing. But... Yeah, there's only been what, two eye-popping moments. Yeah. It's the Faraby and Giroux one. That's not what you always look for in training camp, though. So I'm not saying, like, we're disappointed or anything. But, like, training camp is more of just getting that rust off and getting ready for the season more than having a big moment and shit, shit like that. But, yeah. We have one last question actually on Facebook. Now this this is new for us. Yes. Um, honestly, if you're listening right now, hit up the, at the Liberty O on Facebook. Just search it, the Liberty O. Oh yeah, of course. Hit up our page. We're getting that going big time. I know in the past we weren't really doing that, but now it's we're pumping stuff out on there. It's from Robert Wilson. Is there anyone on Buffalo or Las Vegas or Pittsburgh 
that Ristolainen is looking forward to checking hard, yet legal this year. And then, not a question, but more of a comment for this one. Both games Martin Jones has played and lost, the team in front of him were mostly mostly AHL and junior players. Yeah. And I totally agree with you, dude. Like, I think that's what um some people, like, people who were overreacting about Jones, I don't, like, look at, like, most of the lineups that they put in front of him weren't high grade. Like, when he gets the full lineup, it's going to look much better. Yeah, I mean, and the last two games that he played, like I said, were really nice improvement, improvements from the first one. So, the fact that he did that with both of the rosters in front of him being mainly AHL guys is it's good it's good news it's better than him not looking good like it's better than him letting the goals in in front of the AHL guys and us sitting up here and being like it's okay guys he's just behind AHL guys that's why he's letting these goals in but no like he's been good in behind them he's let in a couple but I mean like if you let if, if your defense lets three, four rebound chances right in front of you and you save three of them, I mean, eventually they're going to go in. You can't save everything. But for the Yeah, at the part, end of the day, he's a backup. No, dude, he's looked good. Like he that Even in Bridgeport, he looked good. Like I said, he kept that game from being a, an absolute blowout. So I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll save my judgment like 12. Game 15 come back around and I'll give you my judgment on Martin Jones because by then I'm sure he'll have a like he'll have a handful of games under his belt as a fire in front of this full team so we'll see with him the, the, it's still out on him Oscar Lindblom love what I'm saying he's starting to like he honestly yeah. looks like how he did two years ago Broussard. to me I'm loving Broussard honestly. Broussard I do love Broussard I, the first game with him I was like I'm just glad this guy's on my team he has silkier like, that was my mix first than I thought than I Remember. And he, he, I feel like he always makes the right play. Yeah. No, he, like the, he's been... right, the right pass. He chips it where it needs to be. He'll go. He'll fight for it. He'll put a shot on if he needs to. And he's a lot. I more see nothing stupid he, out of him. Nothing stupid, and he's a lot more skilled than I thought he was. Like he's been a a secretly surprising signing for like for my part because I didn't know a lot about Derek Brassard. I'll be honest with you, coming into it, like I knew I I knew about him. I knew he was a a pretty good versatile player. I knew he played for AV. Have watched a couple of his games, but I mean, nothing yeah, I remember crazy. when he killed us in Game yeah, Seven. Oh yeah, 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 I do remember that. But he's just been a pleasant, a pleasant surprise for me. Honestly, he really has been. I'm, I, I've been enjoying having Derek Brassard on this team. I, I love what he did with the whole Proveroff thing. That really won me over. <laughs> yeah, seeing like I said um, when we were talking about the intensity that he had yelling at Hathaway. Yeah, I was like, man, I, I'd love to see that. That was awesome. So looking ahead, we have one more preseason game left before yep. we get the regular season underway against so, the Capitals in Washington. I hate that goal horn. They're probably, hear. dude. Their lineup's probably gonna be stacked because last time we saw Washington, uh, we didn't really see any of the big guns. So uh, expect a, a harder fight this time. But it should be it should be a fun game to watch. No, yeah, it should be fun. But I'm at that point now where I'm I'm over preseason games, dude. I'm. It happened like two games ago. Like, this preseason is way too long. Eight. So some teams have eight games. Eight games. At, dude, at least it's not um. Like at least we don't have to go to Switzerland and get spanked by a Switzerland team. <laughs> oh, <before. laughs> that happened to us though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I, I I thought you meant like there are a couple teams right now playing in Switzerland. I wouldn't be surprised, but. Yeah, that was bad. I was at work for that, dude. <laughs> I remember turning around just being like, it's 2 nothing. Who did he play? 
Oh my god, I don't even remember. Lusani or something. I don't, I don't That's it, Lausanne or something, yeah, Lusane. I was like, yo. <laughs> they were moving the puck like the 03 Red Wings on us, dude. <laughs> I was like, and then we came out in Prague and looked great, so maybe we needed yeah, that. But hold on, before we move on from that, when that happened, how... <laughs> were you like low-key panicking like me i was like what? oh yeah in the moment i was pissed i was like the hell is going on like i I, I remember one play specifically like we were down like two nothing and like we we're having great chances in front like on the power play jeru katorie voracek and i remember one play where voracek had a turnover i was like dude like, like you're playing a switzerland team dude <laughs> rifle the fucking puck yeah right like, just <laughs> <laughs> just fucking rifle it dude yeah that was i don't think they'll ever do that again just for the fact that they got embarrassed like they like they don't want to put themselves in that predicament again it's classic flyers that like like growing up i hear stories about how all oh, like we beat the russians we ran them out the building and then we go play this like my experience with international games with the flyers is just them going for a rinky dink preseason game and getting spanked and the and, and, and what made it worse was their fans were fucking Riled up, bro. <laughs> Riled up, bro. I was heated. I remember watching the game mad, bro. Like, the crowd was going ballistic. I was like, fuck this, dude. Get me out of here. Dude, they were going absolutely insane. Good for them, though. Like, that was their... Like, they beat an NHL team. Of course they were going to go crazy. Like, that's an awesome... Oh, my God. That's an awesome thing to do. But, like, just thinking, that, like, thinking back on it, that was so funny. And, like, in all... In all the ways you look at it, that was so funny, dude. Honestly, Great like times. imagine being a drunk fan in the stands, just like oh my god, like you're just yeah, you're seriously. beating the Flyers' ass, like you like putting it, it to that's crazy. the Flyers, bro. Elaine Vignold's Flyers, you're putting it to them, dude. First year under under First, the team, yeah, too. <laughs> that would that, that's what me. I remember I was like, oh, this, this. my dad being like, did they, did they just really lose? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta, now I gotta tell him why he can't over overreact to this and explain to him and calm him down because he's flipping out saying that we lost to a Switzerland team and shit. Uh, great times. Everything everything that came of that was funny as hell. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, if they would have came out in Prague and got whooped in Prague, then maybe I would look at it as oh, not yeah. so funny. But the fact that they responded well yeah. and kind of used that as like motivation. It's funny now because in the moment I was most definitely mad. Like I honestly, I kind of want to go back to our Twitter accounts tweets from that game. They probably would be funny to go back to. As soon as Konechny came into the zone, went forehand, backhand, and went top left corner, I was like, "All right, don't care about that game anymore." Yeah, that game's chalk. I was like, "Holy crap, dude!" Konechny <laughs> and Limlong came out absolutely firing that year. Now they were, were kind of spiraling, talking, but that was crazy the way they came. Yeah, out. that that Couture. I remember saying in the beginning of that year that. That Couturier, Lindblom, Konechny line, if you looked at it in the advanced analytics, I know a lot of people don't like charts, but if you looked at the numbers compared it to other top lines in the league, it was, like, on par with that Bergeron line. Oh, dude, they were right there, bro. They carried the the veterans to start that season. I remember talking to you about it all the time. We were like, Voracek and Giroux, like, even G. Like, we were like, Voracek and Giroux are getting carried right now by Konechny, Couturier, and Lindblom. Like, they were... Limblom and Konechny had like 11, 10 goals right when Limblom got diagnosed. Vorchek has seven points, two goals, five assists in the preseason so far. He had like two points on the power play today. Vorchek, he had two points on the power play today, and he has seven total. (laughs) (laughs) Me either, bro. All he knows is Cam Atkinson. Yeah, I only know 
life lifetime flyer, came Ackerson, bro. Been here. Tamala with an assist. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that Samu had his first assist today. We didn't talk about Samula being injured. Injured. He's a hip groin stain. That that really sucked after seeing him put that goal up in the preseason. Because he was playing really well. I was like, I, I was at a certain point like this dude might push to be, like put get a spot on the team. Like he was playing really well that first preseason game. It's a shame. You have anything else? Nah, that's it. Like to... 63 minutes in. Good episode. Absolutely. We will probably touch, tap back in one more time before the season starts. Oh, definitely tap back in before the season starts. Probably a couple of days before the pod. I mean, before the pod. Before the, the tailgate, so. Yeah, game's on Friday. Maybe, like, episode Wednesday. So let's talk about like that. Talk about that real quick again. So, um, don't know what lot that we're going to be in. So, we'll just tweet that out. If you're still listening and probably going to end up coming to this. But again, music, food, beer, it's going to be fun. Um, drinks, non-alcoholic drinks too, not just beer. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Come out if you can make it. Tweet at us, DM us if you have any kind of questions. We yeah, really and keep checking everybody. the Twitter that day especially. Oh my God, yeah. We, talk, we have a couple people driving down. I have Chris coming, helping out, setting things up with us um, to start that day. Um, I think Matthew's coming up, so that's going to be cool to see him. Um, just be Liberty really Line, boys. Yeah, man, it's going to be really fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, everything at the Liberty Yo. I'm at TLY Danny, at Chris Stumps, and uh, give us a good review on iTunes, and I'm ready to get some games going, real games going. Go what for else?